Sentire Media. Very good. You you did very well by downloading the podcast from Italy. Thank you so much and welcome. It is a beautiful Sunday morning. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my wife, Ashley. Together we run, own, operate, live at the Tavola Marche, uh, a little agriturismo here in the heart of Italy. Ciao tutti. Yes, we do. Our farm in and cooking school here in our little lovely part of La Marche. It is 6.54 in the a.m. on the 29th of October. We went to bed early last <laughs> night and didn't realize that today is the day where we changed the clock. We rolled the clocks back. So Not only were we up early, but it was extra early. We were wondering, why are we not hearing the hunting cars passing or Gaji's toot going by? It's starting to get almost to 6.30, and we're not hearing the... Uh, Sunday morning traffic of hunters. What's going on? Uh, no, it was 5.30. It was 5.30. All right. Well. Well, combine that with going to uh, <laughs> sleep early last night. Uh, we have the weekend off. We just finished up our consulting workshop, which went really well. Yes. So we are chipper as our chickens right now. And uh, let's just jump right on in and t- go over what's been going on the last week or two. Last week or two. I don't think we've done a podcast in a month or I two. I was trying to be positive. All right. Let's talk about the Stokofiso. We did a um, Facebook Live video, and a lot of people were curious if we were going to do a follow-up because we did a live Facebook of you prepping the Stokofiso. Let's talk about what that is, what is the what was the prep, and all of that. Stokofiso is dried cod. There's two types of preserved cod from up in the Nordic area. Um, Stokofiso, which is dried um with the air, no salt, and then bakala, which is put under salt, no air. The uh, stokofiso, when you look at it from afar, it looks really cool. It's just a giant fish dried, like hard, like a, like a, you could hit someone bastone. with it. Yeah, bastone. They, uh, very much Nordic from the north. The, the Venetians brought this down because they were big traders. And uh, I was in Fushiani's a couple of months ago and in walks this guy with a big pole with all these fish hanging on it. So I had to buy one. Yeah, was it it wasn't September 1st, October 1st? I don't really, Oh yes, 1st of October uh-huh. I put it down. Yep. Um, and the deal was you put it underwater for two weeks and then you make different things out of it. I was. Well, wait, what did the guy tell you? Because he knew the house. The old man who was selling the Stokofiso on a stick. Oh, he told <laughs> me to put it in the river behind, in the house and, and just let it let it in the river. And he was I, like, I know where you live. You have the river. That's the best place to put it. And I thought, oh, my God, this is hysterical. We are going so full on country if we stick this fish in the river. Because then we have to put a cage around it so other animals don't eat it. And it was just like, oh, my God. Well, we didn't put it in the river. No. We uh, stuck it in the outdoor sink. And, uh, two Any we- guests who's been here for the last yeah, month have they, seen it. They saw that thing because it was out there for two weeks with running water, and I changed the water every day. And then um, I was going – and then what did we try to make? We tried to make – the Like Vincenzata or something. I don't know. Something from Venice area that you looked up a hundred times on – on yes. um, YouTube. So I tried to um, find <laughs> people in our area. No one knows how to make any dishes with this because it's really not from our area. There is a dish of Stokofiso from down in Ancona, but we don't live in Ancona. Uh, no one knew what to do. So I just went on YouTube and, and watched a bunch of videos. Um, it looked... First of all, the videos were awesome. The videos it, were awesome. <laughs> 
the, the Italians have not picked up the subtleties of uh, filming recipe videos with the DSLR and a nice boca or well, or it, anything. It is these it's guys. Cheesy. It's hysterical and filmed in I don't know what year, but it sure looks like the early eighties. No. And these guys are in full um, like chefs' outfits with the big puffy hats. <laughs> it looked like um, the the Muppets, where it's the two yes. chefs, Schmorgy Borgy, Schmorgy Borgy, Schmorgy Borgy. <laughs> it looked like those guys. They had the giant puffy hats. They had the uh, what's the neck ch- neckerchiefs? Yes, the, and one of my favorite video, the one you watched over and over. There's two chefs cooking, and the third chef was holding the mic, and the audio was really poppy, and he loved to chat, and it was just very funny because he would control the mics and sometimes let the other chefs ch- chat, but uh, he pulled the mic away real quick. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, we, you know, I followed the recipe. It looked correct as I was doing it. I'm, of course, I've never done it before. Um, and it stunk. It yeah. smelled like a special kind of butthole and armpit. And it was I, so gross. Like it just smelled so wrong. And when we first got it, the day we got it, there was a Dutch mom and, uh, her daughter, her, you know, adult daughter and her friend here. And she was like, Oh no, Stokafiso. No, no, no. My father, no, the smell. And we were like, what? It doesn't smell. It just smells like kind of dried fish. Like it's not a big deal. It didn't smell when it was dried. And then when it was cooking, it was like, oh my God, that smell. What is that God awful smell? It was not appetizing or enticing at all. If you eat with your nose, then you're not even coming close to this dish. It was... It was. I think it's one of those acquired things. The oh smell was God. tough. The smell was tough, and the I don't. And the consistency was. It was freaking weird. It, it was, was disgusting. Weird. And um, someone on Facebook asked how it came out, and I wrote, "Horrible. We must have done something wrong. It stunk." And she's Australian and really funny, and her family's Italian from Italy. And she said, "Nope. Sounds like you did it right." <laughs> thought oh my god if that is right then i want to stick with bacala because the stokafiso no more well it's just a shame no one wanted it gaji didn't want no. it Every, no anyone, one wanted anyone it. Anyone who walked into that kitchen is like, I don't want to try that. No, at and all. then we had to get it out of the kitchen because you were doing a cooking class that afternoon. It was like we cannot put the guests through this smell, and oh, I don't know. So unfortunately, it went straight to the garbage. Yeah. A lot of time, a lot of time, Ta-da. a lot of money. That fish was not cheap. Uh, <laughs> it had like a liter of olive oil in that dish. And yeah. I took two bites and it was like, ooh, I don't... And we did a stupid Facebook Live thinking it was going to be awesome. It was just... Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, that was definitely a uh, strikeout. That was no good. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and then we went into our workshop, our consulting workshop, and that was a blast. We had a great group. And most of them this time, I think, were more interested in looking at um, either part-time living here for, you know, longer than the three months for an American visa or uh, retiring in Italy. And if you were interested in bed and breakfasts or some sort of activity in farming and agriculture. So it made us really decide that for 2018, we're going to do, we're going to split them up and do how to move to Italy and start a business as well as a separate workshop on how to move to Italy and retire. That way it can be a bit more focused for people who um, aren't interested in setting up a business and aren't, don't need all that information as well or some of them who want to go deeper into the logistics of of the business and, and mm-hmm. doing business with italians and exactly we can tailor it a little bit so mm-hmm. 
cut a day, add a, you know, cut a day for one, but add a day, you know, add more relevant information. Mm-hmm. Some great ideas. I don't want to share any because I don't want to um, have anyone lose uh, on some of their great uh, niche ideas for travel and tourism and things here in Italy. But it's really fun and uh, quite inspiring also just to hear what they want to do and uh, their plans for the future here. So it's really, we're, I don't know. I love doing these consulting workshops. It's a blast. Then um, we just posted yesterday the whatever date 28th of october we posted the 2018 calendar on the website oh man i was working on the website for a couple days we've been working on the calendar for a few months and trying to hammer out dates and programs and workshops and it is packed we've got a bunch of the how to move to italy workshops as well as one i'm really excited about with more info to come on an inspiring innkeepers workshop where we're gonna um kind of more like a boot camp actually and the first few days will be how to move to italy set up a business all of that stuff and then the second half we put the guests to work. They will be our shadows, and everyone will take turns for a day following us and doing the work with us. No, not the guests. We will be the, the people. The who workshop shop, guests. The workshop guests. Are going to be put to work, and we're going to have so a we'll have family ha- package two. going on at the same time. So that way, there's a bunch of kids, families, dinners, a little chaos, a little craziness, some you, pro- broken, uh, something's going to break. <laughs> someone's going to cry. Someone's going to cry. There's definitely going to be a food issue or just uh you know little billy doesn't eat pasta with sauce well i think this is good this is real hands-on you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and follow up and one someone's with ashley who someone's with me and let's show you what a real day or a real week looks like um to run a, an agriculture yeah from the, the breakfast in the morning to the guests and the chickens to down in the garden and watering to going grocery shopping menu planning execution um, the execution of it all it's good i'm really excited i think it'll be oh i think it'll be really good for someone who's who is really interested in doing this but doesn't know exactly what it entails this is you get five you know five days of it and you can really tell oh this is something that i would this is fun or interesting yes. or you it's moving, a, or I, I can't say. it's a boot camp in hospitality operations a bit of agriculture and sustainable tourism all wrapped up and um yeah the inspiring innkeepers at the end of july that's gonna be a good one um yeah you'll, you'll <laughs> if you do that if you're on the fence you'll definitely be on one side or the other at the end of that gaji will help push you either direction too <laughs> And we're also this year doing some workshops for the wood burning oven and sausage making. The wood oven class is always an overnight class, but it's hard to plan. So we thought let's do a couple workshop weekends of it, three nights, come for um, a nice dinner, your welcome night. And then the wood oven is great because it's more than just pizza. And in this class, we show you how to use the oven at the different temperatures. And that includes cooking something overnight. And instead of just sending you home with some meat in a to-go dish we thought all right we'll kind of extend it over two days do a little something the next day and have a lovely dinner so you'll end up with two meals from the wood oven and from pizza to antipasti a meat dish it's gonna i think it'll be great well yeah um before it would just be someone would request it and then you have to i would have to kind of fit it into exactly. everything else is going on around here 
Whereas um, now, if we have a dedicated weekend for it, it's like, oh, well, now everyone's doing the... We could take the time. We could put tons of stuff in. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and because it's... The thing that's great about the wood oven is you, it's, you can do anything that a regular oven can do. The bad thing is you have to sit there and baby it. It's, mm-hmm. You can't really walk away from... The, you can't be very far. So it's not practical to say, well, I'm going to throw this roast into the wood oven and then come back in two hours and see how it's going. No, there's no temperature control. There's no thermostat like your regular oven. Normal people do buy thermostats for their outdoor or wood ovens. Oh, no. But Jason likes to use a different method. I use the arm (laughs) hair burn technique. How quickly does your arm hair burn? And that tells you how hot that oven is. (laughs) It's really scientific. Um... <laughs> so definitely go check out the website uh, to see what's going on in 2018. We hope you're able to join us. What else has been going on is we've been whew, hardcore deep into researching and working on our the construction for the kitchen. Oh well, that, you're skipping way ahead. I what? want to talk more about autumn. We haven't done. We haven't talked about autumn is here. Any of that? Well, stuff. I just meant that's what we've been doing. Yeah. All right. So, autumn's here. So it is here. People want to hear about truffles and mushrooms and, oh, okay. and hunting. All right. And you're right. You're all right. that stuff that's going on. So we got rain in September, which uh, gave way to some porcinis at the be- a late September, beginning of October. There's been some mushrooms a couple of weeks ago, but they're kind of petering out. It's gotten dry again. Mm-hmm. We had one freeze day, uh, one freeze overnight on the 20th, like fourth, something like that. It was one night we woke up. It was not frozen hard, but there was frost on the cars, killed all the pepper plants. So the gardens pretty much as part from the autumn, uh, cabbages and stuff, uh, all the summer stuff is done. Um, it's dry again. The, it's, it's, the weather are obviously is cooler, but it's dry. The, the it's dry. The, dry. Um, yeah, the mushrooms were pretty looking really shockingly well in September and the first part of October. And like Jason mentioned, we had a little rain, but it was also, we had humid mornings, very dewy, very wet mornings. And, um, that combined with the warm afternoons popped up a ton of mushrooms, Good and bad, but it was just, it was fantastic to go mushroom hunting with the guests because it was like, oh my God, they're everywhere. And it was was warm. And not to mention there were cars everywhere up and down our road, which is the sign it's hunting season and that there's mushrooms. But yeah, the truffles is a whole nother story. Yeah, truffles this year in our area are not very good. They're very small. They're not very profumatic. No, and um, expensive. And expensive. So this week is our truffle package week, um, and we'll go truffle hunting. Thankfully, we've got a great group of women out here, and most who have been here before, just looking for a good, fun experience. I don't think we're going to find much in the woods. Even the truffle hunter who I spoke to to set it up with from town here was like, I don't know, Ash, kind of thing. It's not going to be a good one. And I thought, I said, it's fine. We're just, we just want to go for the experience. And... Um, but I think it will be it's, – it's still the experience. You'll see what the dogs are running around and how much work it is to find one or sometimes you don't find any. But uh, then we'll end up going to the Truffle Festival as well this weekend. And I'm curious to see what we see at the market. 
Like, because uh, we've got some years where it's just overflowing with truffles. They'll, and bring, then, they'll bring them from other areas. That's what I was wondering, too. If there's nothing here, they'll bring them from mm-hmm. up north somewhere. Um, the cars on, in the morning for the regular mushroom hunters have petered out. In fact, this morning, there's there's really it's really quiet. It is earlier because we woke up too early. But uh, <laughs> Gaji has been upset. The hunting has not gone very well. The um, For him. He for said him. some of his buddies have caught stuff. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Um, they shoot the, they're starting with the dogs now, but they've been, um, doing the migrating birds and the, um, windmills. They put windmills at the end of the valley and that has definitely had an effect, uh, on the flight of the birds through this valley. The birds are, his little blind, his big boy clubhouse is at the end of the valley, just, just next to these. I mean, they sit back from him, maybe a mile, a couple of kilometers, a, a mile, but it doesn't matter. You can, they're there. And That's got to affect yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's affected the birds passing. So they're all. Frustrated. How long does it take for the hunters to try to like shoot those down? I know. I know. Shoot them down. I know. But that sounds like one of those redneck things. Well, God, let's just shoot it down. <laughs> What else has been going on out here for the fall? Obviously, all of the festivals going on each weekend for the harvest, and um, whether it's the potatoes or the truffles the and, and the pears. Um, I'm tr- the road, the road's still crap. <sighs> the road's still crap. We have, um, supposedly, we might be on. Um, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted. We might be on uh, local news. To um, we did a quid pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> we have a friend who works for the local news station, and um, they want us. They've wanted us to do something on Halloween or some kind of recipe. And I, I don't want to be on Italian TV on Italian news. I just don't want to be. We, we fly various, under the radar for, for yeah. various reasons. Anyway, I do want I do want to be on the news for our crappy road, and it is horror, 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 horrible. So we wrote back to the uh, reporter journalist and said, you know, I hate to do this, but a little tit for tat, would you? Jason's willing to do a cheesy whatever recipe <laughs> if you will expose the conditions of our road. And he said, done and done. So the reason the reason why is that's the only way to get not the only way, but it's one way to get things done is shame and, and mm-hmm. exposing it. And if um Shame is a great way. It's a great way to get things done. So obviously writing and, and complaining to this municipalities doesn't do anything. No. For guests who have been here, you know the state and the condition, and it just only gets worse. For those who have never been here, it's a solid from start to finish about 10K of pockmarked, war-strewn, like it is just disintegrated road. Some pl- some parts are better than others, and then some parts Incredible are really potholes. bad. It just ruins and tests the suspension of your car. It is horrible. <laughs> so if we can get this road fixed, that is a big score. Oh, also because it's owned by um, two different regions and four villages so that's a huge problem to get everyone to coordinate so we're going to be scandaloso and take it to the news very italian we'll see if that we'll see if it really we'll make fusciani proud yeah we'll see if it does anything i have no idea all right now we can i was gonna say now can we talk about the kitchen okay there's been a lot going on in the kitchen not that anyone can see any differences yet but it's all behind the scenes uh we're staying so last um last 
podcast, we talked about how we're going to stay here for at least another four years. So four all the, more years. Four more years. <laughs> so all the things that we've put off the last year or so, because it's like, well, we're leaving, so why invest time and money in doing this or that or just leave it because we're out of here. Well, that's all caught up with us now. It's time. So there's a lot of little projects. It's time for a lot of things. <laughs> One of the big ones is going to be to rip out the entire kitchen because it's it is cooked. It's done. Now that sounds incredibly dramatic, but really for having a cooking school, our kitchen is quite simple and ripping it out means one wall of It's cabinets. one wall of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, new stove. We'll keep the cap. New sink. New counter. New um, cabinets. Cabinets. We need and to, new lighting. And new lighting. That's the main thing. Our lighting in that cave is terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that it's terrible. It's just over. It's overhead, so it's real shadowy. And it, 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 if you stand under the lights, it's almost like you're in a lineup, kind of. Well, if anyone has any good ideas, let us know. We're we're heading towards um, long LED panels. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way to kind I of explain so. it? Yeah. And um, just to bring more light, and we have a rafters that the travis so it's really we have to be able to kind of hide the light slash have enough light recess it yeah to recess it so it's um we have a plan we got a plan but um i'm going with a four burner commercial stove i don't need six burners what i need is four spaced out burners my problem now with the stove is just a regular it's the largest um Home. Home stove they offer is the, the burners are placed too close together. So if you put a big pot of water, you take up a whole side of the stove. Mm-hmm. I want to have four burners that are nice, spaced out, and that I can put a big pot and still use the other three. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything fancy. I've got a the big a big a big gas oven because the uh, when you for some reason if you got the gas up top and electrical oven with the convection. The oven was tiny. Well, why don't you mention that in general? That for people thinking about moving to Italy or whatnot, ovens here are small. They are small. I'm in commercial. I'm in commercial sp- <laughs> equipment now, and they're still not the same size as a normal family's oven in North America. We have big stuff in North America. Yes, couches, we, fridges, ovens, all that's oh, beds, dishwashers, mm-hmm. um, washers and dryers. We were when we were. Re- oh, oh my, my God. God! Last winter when we were in the states, both my sister, my girlfriend Teresa, you know, any friends where we stayed or family, there. Washer and dryers were not only huge, they had the schematics for like... It I looked like you were launching missiles <laughs> yes. or something. They were all computerized and, and flashy and, and you can literally get in that thing. Oh my God. So Europe, at least in Italy, I know in most of Europe, the appliances are not that Holland. big. Yeah, Holland has small ones too. Um, so I'm in the commercial space and I'm a 90 <laughs> centimeter or 80 centimeters for four burners and the um, oven is just, it's not big. It's not, you couldn't fit, uh, with this one you can. I can barely fit a, like a Thanksgiving turkey in my oven. And barely. is it one or two? Uh, this yeah, one will the, have two racks. Two racks. I, one, the one now has just one. Mm-hmm. But That's I, another I, thing for like, people just don't realize. Yeah, the racks are, mm-hmm. you get one, I have one rack in my oven. I run a cooking school. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> So um, anyway, I'm excited for that because we are one burner down currently on uh, on, on my current stove. It's just it's cooked. It's done. Well, yeah, he futzes with it constantly. Um, the so the plan is as soon as the last guests check out, we are ripping it apart the kitchen and 
we're doing new um, tile. We're going to put in subway tile behind the kitchen, behind the, um, as like the backsplash. And, oh my gosh. Tell, well, the part, we're, I think we're going to do some series of like just raw kind of um, YouTube style videos or whatnot about the construction and taking it apart because it's the simple things that are hysterical. You, you have to laugh. Um, the differences. We took three different measurements of the length of the wall. There's nothing... <laughs> the workspace that we're redoing. Three different spots that we measured. Up the wall. Up the wall. Base of, you know, like, uh, I don't know, a little bit up and then shoulder width up. There's three different measurements. Yeah. We're not talking about, oh, well, it's, you know, quarters of inches or, or half to centimeters. You know, no. We're talking about good chunks difference. Yeah. So nothing's straight. Nothing's... Measures right, like oh my gosh! The wall falls back, <laughs> and it falls to the left and away. Well, and not to mention, the wall is stone, exposed stone. So in oh, that yeah, sense, it's that it's different for laying the tile, having anything lay flat, trying to figure out how we're hiding the um, electrics that you want to put in, and not the electrics, the plugs, mm-hmm. and. Well, it's just different. It's not – we don't have a drywall. There's no. A, it's all stone. So the preparation and the – it's totally different. So <laughs> I know how to fix a these walls, but I couldn't go back to North America and fix a wall. I have no idea. No. You'd probably ruin houses because you're thinking it's stucco so it's like a drywall with a with, little hole, you know, and you start breaking away going, you've got to go deeper so then we can fill this in. <laughs> no, no, no. You're just – Putting yeah, a hole in my wall. <laughs> that's the difference. So with these stone walls, when you get chips or you have to scrape it off and you almost have to cut out all the bad mm-hmm. part. So if you almost have to make it look worse yep. because then you can fill it with the – you can fling the mud and then put the two – there's two top coats after you put the filler cement in. Um, and there's a special way you have to fling it. You can't like paste <laughs> it on like a – you think you put it on like a with a trowel and – and wipe it on? No, you flip it and then you let it sit and then you come back with this piece of aluminum that's perfectly straight and you kind of shimmy, smooth, smooth, smooth it and shimmy it out. Um, then you come back with, with um, sponges and sponge it down <laughs> then you let that dry and then you put on the two top coats of calce or chalk, this chalky finish. There's, there's a base one and then a finished chalk. There's a lot to do. <laughs> there is a lot to do. There's a lot of steps. Nothing's hard. It's the old school way of doing it. Um, no, but I think it will be interesting to kind of record some of this process from an, uh, from an expat foreigner's point of view, just of going, you know, 10 years in, he's learned a lot, but this is going to, we're still, you've got a lot to learn for doing this kitchen, I think. So we'll see how smooth this goes. I'm trying to measure twice and cut once on this guy, on this job. He's hoping it takes a week. A girlfriend who recently remodeled their house just about died laughing. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out good for you. And your budget, add, add another three grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, if everything's sitting here waiting, it's the demo, the prep, and then putting it in. I think if we – there's no reason why if everything's here, we can't do it in a week. That sounds so. pretty. As long as we've got good weather. <laughs> Someone's laughing their ass off I'm right sure, now. I'm listening sure. To this. It's not that big of a deal. We're not. No, but the other thing we've been working on at the same time in this prep is you've been we were kind of redoing our fireplace. Um, we've always had a big open fireplace in the kitchen, which is very charming and idyllic in the photos, and it looks great having a big roaring fire. But ten years in, and now adding another four or five 
we breathe that shit in every single day yeah, in the winter. When the when the air comes from a certain direction, it doesn't draw well. So we're going to put in a big stove, like a big uh, not it's not a potbelly stove. It's a it's like an insert for the fireplace. Stufa. That's like a that's a stufa, camineta, like a little camina, like a little. Hot uh, firebox. Yeah. Anyway, you, it, with the door, and you open the door and throw the logs in, and it has a little fan on it. It blows it out. Um, and we have to rig the uh, chimney now to – I have to get this piece called the raccord, though. So it goes from a round tube that comes off the little stufa to the square, for, the square shape or rectangle shape that is the chimney. And so that's been up with my head up in the <laughs> chimney and a pickaxe or and sh- – there's, of course, it doesn't fit perfectly. It'll fit, but... No, and he comes out like just such chim-chimini disaster. Oh, man. Great looking. Great. When you <laughs> blow your nose, it looks awesome. Disgusting. I got the black hole pop. I know. You've been uh, working hard, though. And thank God it's been warm because not only is that uh, stove and oven or fireplace not ready to be using to heat, the one in our little place, we just cleaned out our uh, little... Um, cottage house for the winter and got everything out of here that we used as storage downstairs throughout the season. This is why we're getting a cargo container. And uh, it's time to bring our little potbelly stove stufa back in here as well, too. We haven't used heat at all for ourselves, only the guests <laughs> so guests far. Guests are the only ones who get heat. We don't get it. But it, it shows how warm it's been. We've used a little tiny... Um, what is that electrical called? Heater. A little electrical just heater, just in the evening at the times. Chill, but but um, not not bad. Oh, and know. thank God because we have no wood delivered yet. No, it'll come. Podcast listeners, I got a quick question. I've been researching. I don't have a engine lift or what. I'm going to be getting this uh, from a neighbor. This stove, this, and it weighs 200 kilo. Um, so it's not light. We're going to put it in the back of the van. Um, and then how do I get it out of the van without having a bunch of guys? Because all the guys I know are, are retired age. <laughs> They're all gaudy's age. So I was thinking about doing a block and tackle, but what do I what do I uh how what do I put the block on at the top to I would have to have something coming out of the house. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm with the ropes and the pulleys? It's called block and tackle. How do I get it? I can't put it. I can't put that much weight on the truck on the roof of the truck. Mm-mm. I need something coming out of the house that's absolute. Like the, the well, I have to figure it out. If anyone has ideas, can about, you borrow one from Fushiani for just the afternoon? That thing's huge. I don't know if you'll let me take that giant thing. That his, his hand forklift thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the simplest solution. I know. Will he let me? Do you think that it'll... But that thing weighs a freaking ton, too. How do you get that out of the truck? Oh, that's true. We don't that have a ramp. Weigh, that thing weighs we don't a, have a ton. Ramp. What about our um, dolly that is with flat tires? The, hand, the little <laughs> hand dolly? No, you can't put that thing on it. So I need suggestions. I think I can get it at the sh- at the guy's shop. There's a bunch of dudes around. But down here, it's me and Gaji and <laughs> Luke, who's 74 years old. I don't know. <laughs> I think the block and tackle is the way to go because it's a, it's a really easy system to lift things. But what do I hook it onto? I don't know. Anyone? I got to get it out of the back of a van. Callers, call in. Callers, call in. Line one. <laughs> Line one. Jim from Santa Clara, you're on. 
Okay, so that's going on. We also want to redo our closet. We got a ton of we have so lots many projects. Of projects. Here we this, go. This winter's going to fly by. I tell you what. Oh, what else has been going on? Well, Ashley, would you like to talk about your hospital visits, costs, and doctor? <laughs> that's what's next on the list. Well, I recently had to go to the doctor for some allergy or just weird stuff, and um, I. It's just very uh, interesting the differences of the Italian healthcare system versus the U.S. And first, when I had to go to the doctor, it was um, I had an appointment and I needed to go see the doctor at five o'clock, and it was at the hospital in Urbino. Well, you show up there and it is empty corridors. Like there's some people there working. They're doing construction on the hospital, um, but the it's very there's no rhyme or reason there's no real signs there was no one really to help you figure out where to go the like information desk was closed i found one other person and she just said near the area for where you passed the area where you get your casts um and I, I was like what does that even mean like continue through it is it in the next corridor over and you i got up there and just wandered around and finally i had to ask a nurse person you know um, an empty gurney, thank God. And I was like, here's the doctor I'm looking for. And she's like, oh yeah, just wait in this corridor and a chair right here. And I thought, okay, do I check in with anyone? How does anyone know I'm just sitting here? Okay. Just I'll wait right here. My appointment's at five o'clock. All right. Here comes five Oh five, five fifteen, five twenty. Well, a, a doctor comes out of one office, walks around, goes back in, but no one really looks at me or talks to me. Who am I supposed to check in with? Where am I supposed to go? I don't even know. I'm just watching. I'm just told to sit here. What if this isn't even the right spot? So finally I knock on the door of the doctor who did pop out. Cause I'm like, well, she doesn't have anyone in there and I'm supposed to see a female doctor. Maybe it's her. And and I said, hi, I'm supposed to have an appointment at five. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's with me. I'm sorry I didn't come out and check. And we proceeded with the appointment. Okay. So the first part is really slightly frustrating or confusing because you don't know where to go. You have no interaction with anyone giving you proper information versus when I was in the States last winter with my dad being sick, I saw you know how it was more like you're stopping in at a hotel the amount of check-in people all of the signs the arrows the uh, nurses stations however the price is quite you pay for it so (laughs) i can't even imagine what these things would cost in the states well i saw um this doctor and she sent me to get um a few other um examinations and tests done and all of these things in total, including a chest X-ray, a mammogram, a mammograph, all of this stuff, which all came back negative, which is great. Um, cancer-free. Um, the um, was a hundred euro in change. And she told me to keep the change, you filthy animal, basically. And I couldn't believe it. A hundred bucks. I got all of my results the same day. Everyone was incredibly kind and nice. So you have this weird frustration where you're walking around and you don't quite know where you're supposed to go and you feel slightly lost, but then, and you almost think there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. But then once you see a doctor, they're so wonderful. They're very um, personable. They take the time. They talk to you. The whole thing's done in Italian, and obviously I want to make sure I'm understanding everything. But it actually is a great system. So if you get over the um, 
Yeah, the empty, creepy corridors and the lack of information. <laughs> you get into a doctor's office and you're a person and not just a number and they treat you well. The whole thing, it might be a little, like I said, a little bit of a headache even getting the appointment. I had to figure out how to call the offices. Like there's only a 1-800 number, but it's not a 1-800 number. They charge you crazy and then they'll tell you, you are number 41. That's on a good day. I was number 150 something one day. And that's when you just hang up and say, I'll call back again later and try to make my appointment later. Um, also when you're making your appointment, an interesting thing is you can, um, have the regular, um, system of sanitation of the healthcare system where it's pretty much free or very, very, very low cost, or you can do private, but it's not really private. It's more that you're paying for expedited service, if you will. And if you're willing to pay a little bit more like I did, that's when your costs run up and it's a hundred euro for a handful of tests. And to me, the urgency was there. It needed to be done. And I'd rather pay the hundred bucks than wait and, you know, another month and not be sure what's going on. So it's really, um, I don't know. I, I have not encountered a problem with the Italian healthcare system. People are very nervous about it, um, or that kind of system in the States, but I don't know. It has its problems. Of course it has its problems and it can be confusing and there can be long waits, but yeah, the private side or the expedited side has worked for me wonderfully and I haven't had any problems in that sense. So, um, I'll keep you posted, but I don't know. Just wanted to share my two cents on what it's been like dealing with some of the hospitals and healthcare here. Anything else that you wanted to add or put in? No. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jason. I think you're feeling like you're trying to ruin the podcast at the end here. That you just have dropped your energy. I'm uh, sorry. Zero. You were. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom, and then I came back, and you were rolling. So I just sat back and listened. I know, but I was throwing you a huge uh, softball. Hit it out oh, of the park. Hit it out of the park. Coming up today, it is warm. The sun is up. it is getting warm. The sun is up. The chick, the rooster's crowing. I hear him, and he needs to be let, they need to be let out. I um, did find out that Roosty could live to be five or six years old. I think he's like three or four right now. We're not exactly sure, but just a little update. Roosty's looking good, living good. <laughs> we haven't killed any of the chickens. No, yet. exactly. It's been so warm that. Usually when it starts getting wet and cold and they look miserable in there, it's time it, we look at Well, them. that's why I mentioned it. For podcast listeners or guests, they know what's coming at the end. And Brodo is normally the name of the rooster. But no, no. We well, like these this guy. Ladies are, these ladies are laying pretty good, pretty strong St- lately. Oh, but they're just not laying in their coop. No. One How- goes down the road. One goes down. <laughs> comes out the coop. Down kind of a grassy driveway covered area, if you will. I don't know how many feet that is. Quarter mile. Quarter mile. No, like 50 feet. Whatever. <laughs> she she makes a beeline. She walks down the road across a bridge <laughs> into the brush and lays in the same spot every day. And I just I go and get it every afternoon. But it's incredible. She holds it in and goes all the way down the road. It is really weird. At first it was like, you heading into town, girl? Where are you taking that egg? But... Same spot every day. Same spot. So. So. And then if I forget about it, some animal knows it's there because it's gone the next day. Yeah, either hunting dogs or a weasel or something. Something knows, Who knows? it's there. So I have to make sure I get it. Uh, but today is cleanup day. i got me- to do measurements for this, this stu- stove coming. Lots to do. I know. It's time to get to work. We always say it. Um, are you going to do your – are you going to read from your book? Uh, how, how long was this podcast? This podcast is currently 38 minutes and 
17 seconds. Well, I was going to say, if it's between 35 and 45 minutes, I'm, we're going to wrap it up and call this one a day, and we'll read on the next one. I, we got a lot of stuff to do. Oh, you guys got this. Yeah, she's oh, doing oh, no, it's a cliffhanger. You guys stay tuned for the next sure. podcast. So we front, all right, we front loaded this one with information about 2018. It's up. Go check it out. Uh, we will keep plugging along. You will see the progress. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have to actually start buying all this stuff. That's the, that's the scary part. That like, is. Pulling the trigger. Yeah, pulling the trigger, and you've looked at it. You've looked at it. You measured it. You measured it. It's like eventually we're going to have to buy something. Otherwise, we're never going to get this kitchen done. I know. I know. It's time. All right. We'll keep you guys posted. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Bring us home. All right. You can find us at La Tavola Marque, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, our website, latavolamarque.com. Shoot us an email at info at latavolamarque.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know where to find us. Latavola Marque, baby. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And you can follow me and our sweet little expat living life out here on Instagram at Ashley Bartner. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.